The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. MLB show. Here are your hosts, the luckiest men on the face of the earth, Chase Fedorsky and Bryce Holden. Welcome to episode 73 of the Underdog Sports Baseball Show with Bryce Holden. My name is Chase Fedorsky. Very eventful week yet again on and off the field in the baseball world. Um, on a personal level, turned yeah. 20. Turned 24 this week. It was my first time uh, not celebrating my birthday with Bryce in 13 years. No, because we both took Canada trips. But usually you guys were back right around then. I don't think I was back from Canada on my birthday for sure. Was I? I feel like I must have been. Maybe. I'll uh I'll dig up some old calendars when I I can look it. I can look at let me let me I'll check while you keep going. I think my my other response to it as I uh, I spent the weekend at Camp Echo, which is in case you don't know, we went to Camp Scatica. So spent a, the birthday at a different camp, uh, and as I very drunkenly told some of the Camp Echo alumni we were hanging with, uh, it was my first time not spending a birthday at Scatico. Um, since George W. Bush had yet to complete the first half of his first term as president of the United States. 2002 for those keeping track at home. And who isn't? Uh, and I also had somebody today tell me that I was 25 and not 24, to which his wife responded, are you really arguing with him about how old he is? I have a guess on who that was, but I, I don't want to say, I don't want to be wrong. We'll say it was D&D. They, the, they were the parties in this uh, discussion. Uh, good old day. So, on the personal level, that was what happened. And also, I want to apologize to any listeners. Turns out, even though I do these social media posts every week about our yeah, show. I got back from Canada on August 31st, 2014. Did you just say August 31st? 2014. I think you meant to say July 31st, correct? Well, then I was looking at the wrong picture, and that was you. Then I looked at the wrong, I got the wrong date. 30 days has September, April, June, and November. Okay, so there are 31 days in August at least, though. That wasn't – no, that was that, – yes, yeah, so that wasn't the issue. Yeah, I know. My Canada trip was late because I was uh, – on your birthday in 2014, I, I, I was shopping for kumquats with Harris. All right, I'm going to revise my statement then. It's the first time since – second time since 2007 when we spent the birthday together, and that included a run of two consecutive years for my 21st and 22nd birthday – that me, you, and Jack Heineman uh, became the Cooperstown trio around the neck of the Camp Scatico woods uh, because we spent multiple birthdays at the Baseball Hall of Fame. There are worse places to spend birthdays. I'm going to be honest. For 21, it was the perfect combination because there was no pressure for me to take a day off and do anything stupid during the day. Um, that was 2017. So what was that? Reigns? Yeah. Reigns Edgar? <laughs> No, because Edgar went in with Mo. That's true. Um, I think it was the Messina class. Or unless he also went in with Mo. It was Bagwell, Reigns, 
and Pudge. And then and Bud Selig. Oh, how I miss you so. Hey. And 2018. I don't. Are you, you? I don't. I hope you're not kidding with that one. What the Selig? Yeah. No, I, I mean, look, anyone who knows me knows how I feel about Manfred, so definitely not getting there. 2018 when we went, we had a good class. We did have two good classes in terms of shopping. 2018 was Chipper, Tomei, Vlad, and Trevor Hoffman. Yes, I remember that was a good class in 18. So we did do the two baseball fame trips, but again, I wanted to apologize. So I do these social media posts every week, uh, and I know last week we did the Yankees number for 74. Turns out it was only episode 72. So this week, as I mentioned in the intro, is episode 73. I think we might have done the number last week for 73 looking back because we were talking about Michael King and Gary. So we're just going to skip the numbers until we get yeah, to I looked up Kansas City Royals. What about Kansas City Royals? Royals? I looked up Royals 73s and there were none. All right. So we're just going to hold off on the numbers until 75. I can't read. I can't write. It's a small miracle that I can put these notes together. Thank God for the copy and paste function on computers. All that said, though, one routine that we are going to get back into, as we said last week, is our Bovada Sportsbook Picks of the Week. So we're going to start this week. Royals-Cubs doesn't have a ton of excitement to me. Um, yes, it does, dude. Jorge, Whit Merrifield might be the best second baseman in baseball. Um, I mean, as a Yankee fan, I'm going to argue LeMahieu, but if you put together a well-written argument for Whit Merrifield, I wouldn't agree because the guy – maybe more casually than any hitter, at least since you and I have been watching baseball, has led the league in hits back-to-back years. Are you putting together the argument for Whitman Merrifield on my behalf? No, that's just, like, to me, the only point you need. If a guy at any position leads the league in hits two years in a row, it's got to be at least top three. I mean, he's also the – is he the best base stealer in baseball right now? You can make the argument he's not the best base stealer on his own team. I mean, what are you going to say? That guy, that guy doesn't play? Gore? No, Alberto Mondesi. I, I mean, again, I would take – If you go to the percentages, though, wit on a percentage basis, I, you can, again, make the case. But Mondesi is fast as hell. I mean, Whit Mer- I got to look up his baseball reference. I, has he led the league in steals ever? I want to say two years ago, maybe. Jeez, he's led the league in steals in 2017 and 18. Definitely, There's definitely a case to be made about Merrifield. Also, while we're on the subject of uh, betting and scores, you want to talk statistical anomalies. Mets Braves through three innings. The Mets have scored four runs for Jacob DeGrom. Yeah, they owe him one. Big time. Well, that's why I took the Mets tonight, because it was like, you know what? DeGrom's got to be dead. What would Bovada give you for the Mets? Bavada, I had the Mets, I want to say it was, I got him at like minus 125 money line. That's not bad with a DeGrom for a DeGrom start. Well, Soro- it's Soroka pitching at home for the Braves as well. I mean, the at home thing is a little different now, but still well, a decent point. Also true. All right, so since you love the Royals. I have for the Royals because I think I'd want to take them. So we'll do the Royals-Cubs game. Royals has Danny Duffy on the mound. Cubs have Alec Mills. Uh, Bavada has is a plus one and a half, minus one forty five, plus thirty one thirty eight Royals, minus one and a half, plus one twenty five, minus one fifty eight for the Cubs. I kind of like the Royals. Like, I really do. So I took, revenge game. I took the Cubs in real life in this game, so I'm going to go Cubs minus one fifty eight. But I do not hate the Royals plus one and a half. I mean, I don't know who this Alec Mills guy is. If I'm being honest, 
you know, just another right-handed pitcher. Well, and Danny Duffy's like the better version of that. Well, Danny Duffy's a six-five left-handed pitcher, but sure. Well, th- I mean, just another guy. The, yeah, Danny Duffy, man. What a, a couple years ago, I had him in fantasy, and he was so lights out, and everybody thought he was going to be the next ace there. And I guess injuries and in life just hit him kind of hard. To be totally clear, when I say life hit him hard, it's not like anything bad has happened to him. That just seemed right in my head. Uh, pitching, Danny Duffy. Pitching matchup of the night, in my opinion, uh, will be the Dodgers and the Padres. Walker Bueller on the bump for the Dodgers. Chris Paddock for the Padres. Could be NL West ace for a while. Nevada has this in minus one and a half, plus 120, minus 140 for the Dodgers. Plus one and a half, minus 140, plus 120 for the Padres. Mookie's not playing. He's got an injured finger. Um, and I like Chris Paddock. Bueller's not all the way stretched out. So give me pods, plus one and a half, minus 140. This is a good, Padres are red hot. Padres are good. But it is a fun Padres team. And they're hitting, they're scoring a lot. I think they're scoring more runs per game than any team. The Padres were one of those teams. I mean, we knew the young – we knew the team was young, but it just shows in a short season if those young guys all click at the same time. I mean, they could definitely make some noise. Good, deep bullpen. I mean, can they put together 500 baseball for two months? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, they need Kirby Yates. Not that, he's, That's all you need. not that Kirby Yates has looked bad, but he's definitely looked a little shaky in the ninth. But Drew Pomeranz, uh, big, one of their big free agent signings made up for that. But, I mean, you look at that Padres lineup between – even though Will Myers is overpaid, but between Myers, Hosmer, Tommy Pham, Machado, I mean, those are four big league hitters, you know, who just go in day, day in, day out, grinding at bats. And then you add the young core of Trent Grisham, Tatis, et cetera. I mean, Tatis, Tatis is good. I mean, I saw Tatis field a ground ball from short and throw it 91 miles per hour to first base. That's epic. I mean, there's a reason they moved Machado, Machado plays third over there. Correct. And Machado's yeah. a gold glove caliber shortstop, and they put this kid there. But Tatis is that good. Uh, we'll pick two more games. Indians is Zach Police. I didn't pick the game. Uh, what's the – I'll take the over. Eight. Even. Yep. Ooh, with those guys going, what's the – do I get plus odds on that over? It's even. You take the under, it's minus 120. You know what? Let's just take the even on the over. Okay. Um, Sonny Gray for the Reds at home against Zach Plesic and the Indians. Plesic in his first start. Uh, didn't give up a run. 11 strikeouts. Sonny Gray has been arguably the best pitcher in the National League thus far, which as a fantasy owner I love, and as a Yankee fan I hate myself for every time I see him pitch. Bavada has this game at minus 1.5, plus 130, minus 170 for the Reds, plus 1.5, minus 150, plus 145 for the Indians. I think Plesek, it's a little bit of smoke and mirrors, although I do love listening to his Uncle Dan on the MLB Network. Keep the gray train rolling. See what I did there? I know that would have hopefully a little bit of meaning to you. Uh, give me Reds minus 170. Can I get an over-under on this game also, please? Eight. So I'm betting on it. If you want to just take if you want to just take over unders after you pick this game, um, I mean the last matchup of the night. Yeah, pick this game and then I'll give you a fun over under to pick. This one I'd have to go with Sonny Gray. Here's my you know what they lost Votto. No Votto, no Votto, no money. No Votto, no Reds. When we say when I say the gray train, that's an insider for Scatico, but we spell it. 
G-R-E-Y, correct? You do. Sonny Gray does not. All right, last game we'll pick since Bryce. We'll, yep. just, we'll just do the over-under for this one. San Francisco Giants, Rockies, Johnny Cueto versus Chichi Gonzalez. In Colorado, Bavada has the over-under at 13 and a half. Is that a record? Probably not, but it's as high as I've seen in a while. I have to just look up. I have to look that up now. It's uh, the over is minus one one hundred five. The under is minus one fifteen. Neither of those guys inspire me. And I know the game's Corey's field, but I think I got to take the under there just because that's you're banking on uh, the team, two teams to average seven runs each that game. That's so many runs. The Yankee Red Sox game in uh in London last year ended up at sixteen and a half. But was okay. Let me ask you this though: Was that the was that, that was the second game? Okay, so that was after they exploded in the first game, and the market, you know, had a chance to adjust. If that makes sense. Yes. So you taking the over or the under? I mean, that's a ridiculously high for a Giants team that isn't great offensively. I'm going to take the under because I don't love the Giants lineup, and I love Quato. All right. Can't, I can't argue with uh, – I mean, we do love Cueto. Also, I'm going to give a shout-out. Uh, not, not a shout-out to Cueto or Prager, if that's what you just said. I definitely was not trying to give him a shout-out. Yep. Can I give a shout-out after this? It's not related to baseball. Nope. My, my big baseball shout-out, and you texted it to me um, on my birthday. A big shout-out. Big shout out to friend of the show, Albert Pools. God, I wish that was true. Friend of the show, Albert Pools, uh, who came through on my birthday and hit a grand slam just for me while my fantasy star, Mike Trout, was having a child. Congrats to the Trout family. Where did you pick Trout in your draft? Five. There, I just think at five, like, I knew Trout was going to miss a few games. Who else was on the board? Huh? Who else was on the board? So Garrett Coleman won in my draft. So that that kind of immediately screwed everything up. And then I want to say two, three, four, Bryce, was some combination of uh, Acuna, Yelich. And I want to say Bellinger was went four. Because I think I had my choice of Trout and Mookie. I would have gone Mookie. Yeah, I mean, look, I think Mookie might have been the safer pick, but Trout's been the best player in baseball since I was a sophomore in high school. If I can get him at the fifth pick in my draft, even if he's missing a few games, I'll take that shot with the upside of five. Valid. We should have taken Pujols. Guys are rocking homers left and right. I would have loved to take Pujols. I think my Trout gamble, though, was counteracted by the fact that I got uh, current AL MVP frontrunner Aaron Judge in the fifth round. Well, I don't think your league is very good. Your league is flawed if Judge is in the fifth round. Oh, the league is totally flawed. It's a points league that I joined my buddy Cole. He brought me in as like the ringer for his fantasy baseball team with a few buddies from high school. I mean, an innings pitched is three points. So, like, I had Carlos Martinez get shelled for five runs because he went five innings, though. He still scored ten points, and I was with him getting the loss. That is messed up. Categorically flawed league. 
But moving over to around the league and looking at the standings, AL East, you have the Yankees in first, 7-1, Orioles, Blue Jays, Rays, and Red Sox rounding out of the division. Has there been a more impressive and probably more underreported statement in baseball this year than the fact that the Orioles just swept the Rays? Can I put ESPN on blast? Sure. Um, if you go to the ESPN.com MLB power rankings, which I did this morning, those writers are – it pissed me off, Chase. It really, it really, there's something about it that really bothers me because they still had the Orioles at 30th despite being 5-3 and three, and the Marlins at 29th despite being, having this well over 600 winning percentage. You watch the games. They're winning the games. They can't right. be the best team. All right, the Orioles are going to come to your defense. I'm going to come to your defense and say I agree. Uh, the Marlins have played three games. That wasn't, that wasn't it. There were more things where it seems like ESPN is just not – they're not adjusting based on the season. Right. They're really just – it's almost like a college football voting where they're just go, ranking the teams they thought would be good at the top. It's really a terrible list, and ESPN needs to, uh, needs to get a new baseball staff. I'd do it. I'd so, do it. So what point do we think this Oriole match starts? Like they have the Rays at five. They're four and six. They I have, get it. You, you want it based on the, the eye You want it based on results, not based on the eye test and or reputation. They have the Mets at 14, and you can make a case that the New York Mets have been the worst team in baseball. You could certainly, yeah, for At reasons both on and off the field, you could certainly make that case. They've certainly been the most dysfunctional, despite not having a COVID outbreak. Nothing. They somehow are out, in, out dysfunctioning the Marlins and Cardinals, who haven't, and the Marlins haven't played in over a week. So let me ask you this. With the Red Sox, I mean, that Red Sox-Yankee game last year was an absolute slugfest. I, I just, I do want to give a little credit to the Red Sox. I know they lost Mookie, but. De- knowing that Bogart's endeavors are going to be there, two, three, three, four, however you want to say it for the foreseeable future, Red Sox fans, it's going to be okay. Those guys can both absolutely hit the crap out of the ball. Uh, endeavors also plays a pretty sneaky good third base, which I had last no night was last night was exceptional. I mean, that one play down the line when he uh, got that grounder, that judge hit to throw him out. That was an yeah. unbelievable play. Yeah, that was real good. I and mean, this might be the worst Red Sox rotation ever. Without sale, without Erod, but like I, I look for Boston sports fans who won every title in the last twenty years. If this is the year you have to reboot, not bad. So with Eduardo Rodriguez out for the year, is the Red Sox rotation so bad you think that they do finish last in the division behind the Orioles? Behind the Orioles, I, I would make the case the Orioles are a top 15 team in baseball right now. All right, there's your answer to the question. Then we'll move right along to that. Certainly the better than 30th. That, like, you see why that's, that, those rankings are off. Moving to the AL Central, Twins in first, 7 and 2, White Sox, Indians, Tigers, Royals. This seems right to me. I think the Indians and the White Sox are going to flip flop all year. Uh, I mean, Shane Bieber, another unbelievable start, has yet to allow a run this year. I think he struck out like 24 batters so far. I think it's 27. 27, so unbelievable start for him. But this lineup, it just looks like outside of Jose Ramirez, they haven't hit at all. Um, and in my opinion, 
the Twins are just going to run away with this division. Their their lineup is great. Maeda and Rich Hill are contributing deep bullpen. Uh, twins are going to run away with this. I mean, it, like, it makes sense. I think before the season, I think I had them winning the most games in baseball. Yeah. And yeah. a large part of that was due to the division. And another large part, what's the weakness with that team? Not there really, there is no weakness. There one weakness I would say last year, not one. I mean, they shirt up the back of the rotation with all these veterans. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but defense, I think, was a slight weakness. And by moving Sano to first and putting Donaldson in there, you really short that up. You're gonna have Polanco and Arabes up the middle for the full season. And uh, you ever look at the numbers from Max Kepler? I've been meaning to do that. Uh, just have just haven't had the time. I can't tell if you're being serious or sarcastic, but regardless, they showed a graphic comparing his numbers to Judge the past two years. And, like, look, Judge brings so many intangibles to the Yankees team and the locker room that leads me to say he's a better player. But if you look at just the statistics and the numbers, what you want to do with the power rankings, you can make a very compelling argument that Max Kepler has been the better player compared to Aaron Judge the past two years. Aaron Judge hasn't been able to stay healthy. True. That's it. Yeah, true. That's it. You see what Judge can do when he's healthy, since he hits home runs every time. He seems like he just hits home runs. I, I mean, yeah, a Judge just skipping to my hot, and I mean, I just mentioned my two hot players, hot pitchers are Bieber and Gray, and my hot hitter. I mean, Judge six homers in five days. He had two last night. Uh, you're you're just seeing what this guy can do when he's healthy and locked in at the plate. There's another hot player you forgot about, a hot pitcher. Uh, he's back. King Clayton, five shut up, five and two-thirds shutout innings in Arizona. I read a tweet the other day that I actually meant to text you because I know, I know, almost know for a fact you're going to agree with it. It's unbelievable that Kershaw, as a slam dunk future first ballot inner circle Hall of Famer, that his lack of postseason success has controlled the narrative so much to the point where I would say Kershaw has become one of the most underrated pitchers in baseball today. Not on this show. I guess by you, maybe. I would, I mean, on the list of MLB starters, I'd rather have than Clayton Kershaw. Cole, DeGrom, done. I love Kershaw. He, when he's on, he's on, man. And he's on you. It's a health, he's more of a health risk than anything. He also set such a high bar for himself by being just the best pitcher in baseball for five years unquestioned the best for five years uh that now anything that isn't that anything that isn't sandy koufax-esque seems like he's doing poorly i mean last year he was unbelievable like look his numbers from a year ago he was inside young contention the entire year i'll say my not then and part of it could be because he's injured uh he's getting an mri on his arm today we're still waiting results but Otani back on the mound has just been an absolute train wreck so far for the angels well, that is classic angels for you. They seem to do everything wrong. And you know what? My other nod, I give a lot of love for the Yankees, but for my nod, I'll throw in another Yankee. It just looks like James Paxton has absolutely no life on his fastball right now. I don't know if it's still an injury thing, but if you're a lefty throwing 93 miles per hour and you're facing a right-handed dominant team like the Red Sox with Martinez, Devers, and Bogarts in the middle there, they're going to pound you like he got pounded last night. Uh, well, let's to, to quote the uh, Vascurgeon A Rod, 
How bad are Veskirgin and Arod together? I don't hate Matt Veskirgin. He's also yeah. he's also a very casual fifty two years old, as I think I mentioned on air a few weeks ago. I believe the quote from last night was Veskirgin said, "I haven't seen him go over ninety two all night," and Arod responded, "Yeah, highest I had him was ninety three." To me, the most egregious thing either of them said, and I love, love, love Gio Urshela, but to say that Gio's oh, the best boy. defensive third baseman in baseball, if you watch any A's game and watch Matt Chapman play, you're disrespecting the guy who was arguably the best defensive player in baseball, period. That was also – Never mind when he compared Aaron Judge to Michael Jordan and Tiger Woods. Yeah, that was a strange uh, – that was strange. Um. That didn't make much sense either. So not a banner day for A-Rod and the booth. All right, moving to the AL West. But again, all my, all my best to him and J-Lo, because I love that J-Lo song with LL Cool J. What song? All I Have. You got to listen to it. I'm, I'm a right, it's what you had. Baby girl, I'm what you have. My, my J-Lo is pretty limited to uh, Jenny from the Block and a few more. Other songs. What's your LL Cool J library looking like? LL, I got a lot because I love like the old 80s hip hop. And you'd love this. I'll text it over to you. LL, if, if you want my LL Cool J recommendation, it would be um, I'm Bad. It's got one of my, some of my favorite rap lines, including uh, I'm like Tyson, Ison, I'm a soldier at war, making sure you don't want to battle me no more. And he ends the song with by saying, forget Oreos, eat Cool J cookies. That. <laughs> That sounds pretty good. <laughs> and to think he's the star of a major network television show with rhymes like that. <laughs> like a, yeah. Him and the, uh, the rapper to cop. It's a weird transition since a lot of the, to speak broadly about rappers. Well, I think it, I think it depends on the rapper. I think with LL, LL was kind of like the first, one of the big first rappers with like sex appeal, for lack of a better word. He was rapping about love and this. Ice-T was literally writing sh- songs called Cop Killer and has played a cop on Law & Order for 25-plus years. <laughs> yeah, and it's an interesting uh, career progression. Or, or Ice Cube playing How Many Cops and Detective in shitty Kevin Hart comedies, and the song that put him on the map was Fuck the Police. Well. God, Ice Cube has played the cop in a lot of movies, though, as I'm saying that out loud. Yes, he has. That's a good ride. Al- ride along. Ride along too. Do we count Triple X? I've never seen it. Twenty one and twenty two Jump Street. Yeah, but there he's still kind of. Yeah, you know, you're a cop. When you're a cop, you're a cop. No way around it. When you're a cop, yeah, cop, yeah, cop. No ifs, ands, and buts. Correct. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, let's go to the AL West. Is A's and Astros tie for first, five and four. Mariners, Rangers, Angels, in that order. Angels, um, and for anyone listening for fantasy baseball, top prospect Joe Adele's coming up tonight, 21 years old. Should be an absolute stud with Trout Rendon in that lineup for the foreseeable future. Pick him up in fantasy. I'm not personally going to, um, but it seems that especially when it comes to anything involving betting, gambling, fantasy sports, et cetera, my advice works for everybody except myself. So pick up Joe Adele. Um, but in the AL West, the Astros, your World Series pick. We're going to get to what happened with the, uh, the Dodgers and Joe Kelly later on. But just looking, I, I mean, again, it's a short sample size, but Springer, 
Altuve, some of these hitters just don't look like themselves. And in those same MLB power rankings, you know, they did have an interesting quote where Verlander, there should be fine, but Verlander gets hurt. And then a 36-year-old Granke has to step up this much. McCullers, so on, so forth. Ozuna's on the injured list now. And, you know, even though he's a terrible human being, he is a good closer. You know, what point do the Astros – I don't think they're ever going to hit the panic button, but at what point do you start thinking, hmm, maybe this isn't going to be the Astros team we've seen the past few years? I'd hold out hope for a while. That division, not very good. They're – I don't think they should be concerned about falling out of the playoff race. Right? Is that safe to say, looking around the AL? I think they'll be a playoff team, and then if they get to the postseason with a healthy Verlander, all bets are off. and They're as good one through nine as anyone, at least on paper. Yeah, the lineup is still out of this world good. So just get there. So pace yourself in this shortened season would be my advice to Houston. Moving to the National League, it's really hard to really say anything about this division because the Marlins, Nats, and Phillies have had so many days off with coronavirus. But all that said, standings, Braves in first seven to three, Marlins, Nats, Phillies, Mets, Ozuna, he's also one of my hot players. He's absolutely been raking the ball for the Braves. So given the teams in the middle, I don't think they've necessarily played enough to get a full sample. And even the Nationals, Soto and Strasburg are finally back this week. So I think even though it's hard in the short season, you almost have to throw out the first week for them because this is the real team going forward. Uh, so let's start at the top and the bottom there. The way they're looking right now with that lineup, even though the pitching is a little banged up, do you think the Braves in the next week or two could start to run away with this thing in the East? It's tough to run away in the short season, but I picked the Braves coming out of the East to start, and I see no reason to change uh, that line. And that's with Okuna struggling that first week. Bad. But really bad opening out of it, but he's starting to come back around. And Dansby Swanson, you're getting really good Dansby Swanson production. Now. Yeah, I think some guys, I mean, people forget Swanson's, I'm going to say at the oldest, 26, maybe 27. Maybe. Maybe. Could be 28, but I don't think so. No, no way this guy's 28. Maybe Are you looking enough? He's 26. You know, I think, look, he's just finally entering his peak. There were some frustrations the past few years, but I think it was just an example of a young guy figuring it out. Uh, and on the other side, the Mets, uh, no Cespedes the rest of the year. We're going to get into that in a little bit. You're not getting Jed Lowry, not that you were expecting him. I mean, this team is going to hit. They have been hitting the crap out of the ball, but – even with Stroman back, I just don't know if behind DeGrom they have enough pitching to really make a run at this thing, especially when we're making jokes. DeGrom, DeGrom, it's really wrong true. He could win three straight Cy Youngs and win two games this year. I mean, Pete Alonzo is batting under 200. Pete's been struggling. That needs – Cano's up to over 400 on the season. Yeah, I mean, looking at the rest of the lineup, Conforto, Conforto is kind of like – I wouldn't go so far as to use the word star, but definitely one of the more underrated guys just because he's been I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you my take on Conforto. I think you only say that because you live in New York. And he's on my fantasy team. I do not I don't think you're I think you're the only person that's even suggesting he could be a star. I think he's an average third outfielder. I think he's above average, dude. He's at two thirty homer seasons the past few years. The quietest Two back-to-back 30 homer seasons I've ever heard. 
I agree. And I think that what you just said perfectly speaks to my point. I think that is – Are they really going back-to-back 30 homer seasons? I don't – Because I may owe an apology if that's the – I'll be – Nope. 20 – actually, 27, 28, 33. Um, Good steady development, if nothing else. Yeah. Arrow pointing up. And an 833 career OPS, again, me calling him a star might have been a stretch, but I think certainly better than a third outfielder. Uh, yeah, nope, you, you convinced me. You convinced me a bit on the Conforto. All right, so so far we've made the arbitration cases for Whit Merrifield and Michael Conforto. Who knows what else we're going to get by the end of this show. Uh, but, yeah, Pete. I mean, Pete's a guy. Pete, what's happening to Pete right now is my biggest worry with Judge and Stanton in that. And even Yelich. I got to give Yelich a little bit of grief in the not section. He's one for 27 to start the year. I'm not worried because he's a superstar. And as Jason Starks eloquently put it, 28-year-old superstars don't suddenly forget how to hit. But one for 27 is bad. That's awful. But it speaks to what we're talking about with Pete Alonso, though, because, you know, you have these guys, Pete, Judge, Stanton, I'll throw Joey Gallo in there who hit the crap out of the ball, but they'll go on streaks where they just don't hit the ball at all. And in a 60-game season, that's magnified so much more where – 162, if you want to slump for two weeks, really only the fan of that team is going to notice. Yeah, I would say another name, again, there's Yankee fan, so Gary Sanchez embodies that to a T. I feel like every year you'll read Gary Sanchez in a three for 52 slump. But that gets kind of masked over 162. When that happens over 60 games, especially at the gate like this, he'll give me his app. I mean, he's batted. Did he go under 200 for a full season, or am I making that up? No, he hit 190 in 2018. And even last year, the power was back, but he still hit 233. But that's cause for concern. Oh, I agree. I mean, I had a friend text me the other day when Gary hit into a double play. I miss Romine. That's ridiculous. Nobody has ever missed Austin Romine. I'm not saying I agreed with the point. I'm just saying saying what was said. Who said that they missed Romine? Um, my friend Keyshawn Jean-Pierre. What's more shocking, the text itself, or that I told you my friend was named Keyshawn Jean-Pierre? Um, is he French? He is French-Haitian. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Before we get to the NL Central, I have a question when we're talking about Yankees and arbitration uh, arguments. DJ LeMahieu tonight, you talk about a, just a professional hitter. Uh, he had a second leadoff homer of the year for the Yankees. He's hitting 424 on the season. He's going to hit free agency. He's going to be 33 next year. If you're Cashman, what are you offering LeMahieu this offseason? Three for 45? Does that get it done? It's not funny. That's the exact number my dad said. And I think there's no way that gets it done. Three for 50? What did McCutcheon get? I think McCutcheon got three for 50. And I think that was a massive overpay for McCutcheon. But uh, I think three for 50 gets it done. Because I do think DJ enjoys playing for the Yankees. At least I would like to think that. I mean, if you play on a good Yankees team and are doing well, I think it's very easy to enjoy yourself. Even if the Yankees needed to pony up three for 60 for LeMahieu, honestly, I would do it because I think his game's Three for 60, that's a, big, that, that's a $20 million a year guy, and you're going to have to pay Judge and Glaber eventually. So I think the Yankees want to keep it shorter so those two deals don't overlap. Yeah, I think the interesting part will just be finding that middle ground between – like, do you go four for 70 where to get the extra year, but less? I mean, I get four for 70 is more uh, on an annual basis than three for 50. 
You go four for 65 then? I'm okay with either. I would be okay with four for 70, honestly. I mean, then you're paying a 37-year-old DJ LeMahieu a lot of money. But he's a machine. Does he have – how many batting titles for DJ LeMahieu? Just one. He's due. I mean, he almost – he was a couple percentage points away from winning it last year. So he's super due. Super, super due indeed. All right, moving to the NL Central. Only team above 500 is the Cubs at 7-2 from there. Brewers, Reds, Cardinals, and Pirates. I just want to say if you're a Pirates fan like my friend Spencer, I'm so sorry. It just looks like there's going to be a few awful years for you ahead. Yeah. Um, I, I like to consider myself an optimistic person. If I was a Pirates fan, um, I would say little reason for optimism. Because at least, at least if you're like a Tigers, Royals, Marlins fan, those their farm systems are close. And you know they have these prospects on the up and up. The Pirates just don't even have that to look forward to. The Pirates gutted their farm system through, ter- through terrible trades. Now they got – well, they got Chris Archer, so enjoy Chris Archer. They don't even have him. He's out for the year. It, well – uh, wait, what is it? Distance makes the heart grow fonder. Tyler Glass now looks so good for the race. Forget the fact that Austin Meadows made the all star team last year. Was last night your Cy Young pick? That was, yeah, that was my Cy Young pick. It's looking like Bieber's to lose, but not bad. I can't wait till Bieber, if he wins the Cy Young, it's trending on Twitter and everyone thinks it has to do with Justin, but it's shame. Um, in a small way, it has to do with Justin. Okay. He was good. Bieber, like Justin Bieber had a run where he like. I don't, th- I don't think the Biebs' run is over yet. Either Biebs. I'm buying, I'm still buying stock in both Beavers for sure. Beavers. What's the last song? Like, like that Bieber album is good, man. Bieber, Bieber got pipes. And he got you know, He's a, he's a happily married man, the Biebs. Yeah, he got his life together. It's tough being a child star. That That is the God's honest truth. Yeah, he seems to have came out the other side and laying low, Canadian. Canadian, yeah. So in the NL Central, I mean, we knew just because the past few years this has been the tightest division in baseball. Cubs 7-2, and two, and that's really in spite of the fact that Craig Kimbrell – has done generously saying nothing to inspire confidence in the team. Uh, but I think people just forget this Cubs team just because of how it ended with Madden last year. You still got Bryant. You still got Rizzo. You still got Wilson Contreras. Schwarber can finally just focus on, speak, focus on hitting. I you, haven't had a dirty, you had a sick throw from the outfield last night. I did see that. I haven't even named Javi Baez yet. I mean, the, the best player. Or Rizzo. Did you say Rizzo? I think I said hey, Rizzo. Rizzo. I mean, those five guys, I'll take that one through five over a lot of teams, one through fives. You're also leaving out, like, Jason Hayward is a quality MLB player. Albert Amora, David Bodie, uh, Jason Kipnis is on that team. Steven Souza was a name I haven't seen in a box score in a long time. He's on the Cubs. But I just think in a short season, it's – a lot of it is going to be who's just the most consistent team. And none of the Cubs pitchers, I would say, are outstanding – but in Hendricks, Darvish, Quintana, Lester, Tyler Chadwood slash Alec Mills, you just got a bunch of solid arms. I would say those first four names are all 
good. Yeah. I go out on a limb. And say yeah, I, I think they – the name of the game this season, especially even more so than other years, is just winning series after series. And I think if you have two of those three arms, two of those four to five arms starting most series, yeah, you have chances against maybe any National League team not named the Nationals. Dodgers? Even the Dodgers. I mean, until Bueller works their way all the way back, I, I think Kershaw – I think if you're playing the Dodgers come like – I'm with the Kershaw Cy Young pick. I think that one is – even missing those first two starts, he's still in it. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's won the Cy Young missing three, four starts. He won the MVP. Yo, I don't know how he won the MVP missing a month of the season, but he did. You go 21-3 and three with a 177 ERA. Well, if he does that again this year, he's in good shape. He, he makes 24 starts. It's a hell of a year for Clayton Kershaw. He doesn't have to make 24 starts. He just has to pitch the fifth inning in 24 games. God bless the statistical loopholes in the baseball statistics world. Uh, right? Couldn't you do that? You just have, you just have a yeah. fifth inning guy, and it's Kershaw, and next thing you know, he gets every win. NL West, Rockies, Dodgers, Padres, Giants, D-backs. Rockies have been great so far, but have yet to really play at home. But good to see Kyle Freeland rebounding. Uh, but, again, I think the Dodgers are going to run away with this. I think you probably agree. But do you think it's – Not to run away. I wouldn't say run away. I, those Padres are going to stay in it because it's a short season. Do you think it's safe to say, though, that – I was pretty high on the D-backs coming into the year. I picked them actually to be in the playoffs. But do you think 10 games in, you look at this division and say the second playoff team from that division, and it's even crazy to be saying that, that two teams in every division are going to make it, uh, could be the Padres. Are you looking to see if you had already said that? Um, yes, I would have had that. No, I wouldn't have had the Padres in, but I had them as finishing second. So the I had rule, the Padres So the rule change benefited your playoff picks. They still don't come. Yes, they would. Oh, they would have been in. Yeah, I would have had Dodgers, Padres, but not have had the Cubs. So that's looking bad. I wouldn't have Braves, Nats, Phillies, Cardinals, Brewers, Reds, Dodgers, Padres. That's it. All right. Quickly, we'll go through the league leaders since we touched on them a bunch. Uh, Miguel Rojas, again, he's only played three games, but he's leading the league with a 700 average. First everyday player on this list, Donovan Solano, former top prospect now with the uh, San Francisco Giants. Home runs and RBIs, Judge, 6-14. and 14. Hits. Yeah. Hits Kyle Lewis and the Mariners with 14. Tommy Pham, uh, stolen bases, five with three for the Padres. It's amazing, though. I feel like we've barely seen Mike Talkman play for the Yankees, and he's second in baseball with three steals. That's steals. They sneak up on you. By definition, that is true. Uh, wins, big tie uh, for two wins between Bieber, Chatwood, Sonny Gray, Rush Brickman, Kyle Freeland. I'm sure there's more. But to be 100% honest, we got a lot to cover, so I'm not going to go on the list. ERA, two starters have yet to give up a run this year. Shane Bieber and a guy we talked about last week, Lance Lynn. Did we talk about him on the podcast, or did you just call me and start raving about Lance No, Lynn? we talked about him on the podcast, I think. Former Yankee Lance Lynn. Yeah, it was like a half-season guy, right? We had him in 20, 2018, I think. I think we got him in – yeah. Was he, were, were he and Jaime Garcia the 2018 pickups? Yeah, I think so. That sounds right. Or maybe Jaime was earlier. I think they were both earlier. Strikeout leader, Shane Bieber, 27. And your saves leader, Joe Jimenez of the Tigers with four. 
might be my most unlikely pick to lead baseball in saves, not because of Joe Jimenez is the talent, but the fact that the Tigers will give him that many opportunities early. Well, the, the, when they win games, they win them close. That's, yeah, that's the biggest truth we've said so far. Jaime Garcia was 17. Lynn was 18. Got it. All right, let's uh, – we spent a lot of time just talking fun stuff around baseball, so let's, uh, let's get into some sad coronavirus stuff. So Chase, we'll start- you do sound effects for whenever we transition to corona. You should, you should work on your garage game and start putting in a uh, – <laughs> Yeah, get that one. Or the sad I think, violin. I think get from now on I'll just have you say we're going to talk corona and I'll just do it in the background. <laughs> You're going to have to make sure my am at full attention. It'll be remarkably inconsistent. So there's been a lot of crazy Corona updates throughout baseball, but the first one was the Cardinals. Uh, in the past week, they've had 13 members of the organization test positive for COVID-19, including oh, the seven. traveling party. No, this today was 13 members of the organization, which said seven players and six staff. So yes, I guess traveling party. Yeah. The GM, they not necessarily. So people, there are 58 people traveling with these teams. 13. have. Regardless, seven players is still a lot. Well, I, I, I was making it out that my, the, was the 58 as the denominator making you think it wasn't a lot? I thought that 58 meant like jumped out as this is. No, it was a lot no matter what. I mean, 758, it's like what, one eighth and a quarter? Um, but if you, yeah. go, if you go 7 to 30, that means about a quarter of the big league roster tested positive in the past week. Speaking of which, you get your test results back? Still no. I said you'd be the first to know. Uh, and you hung out with my yeah. roommate. Does he know you haven't gotten those test results back? I don't even think he knows I took the test. Oh, all right. That's fair enough then. So let me put this. Look, I understand it's a pandemic and there's a testing backlog. But are you complaining? I just, before you get into this, are you as a member of Big Pharma complaining about Big Pharma right now? This is not not Big Pharma. This is a state health issue. This is a state health issue. Okay. If I have a virus, if the virus is a 14 day incubation period, and I am now on day 15 waiting for my test results. What the fuck was the point of me taking the test? If I come back negative, the results are almost nullified. If I come back positive, it's probably passed in my system. So if you're going to get testing, try not to do it in New York City because they're facing massive overloads of testing. Come to New Jersey and pay for the rapid test. I think there's supposed to be, and uh, I think there's supposed to be more rapid tests, more readily available to be released to the public in the next uh, week or so. So back to the Cardinals. So the Cardinals Brewers series over the weekend was canceled. The Tigers Cardinals series this week has been canceled, and they now have seven games to make up in an already condensed season. Uh, there were rumors uh, that some members of the team went to casinos, breaking the MLB protocol. And that was the rumor that it's how the team got the virus. They said, I have no factual reason to believe that is true. I have not seen any proof. If someone was at the casino, that would be disappointing. Cardinals-White Sox feel the Dreams game for next week in Iowa was canceled, although the MLB made it very clear that was not due to COVID-19 concerns. It was because of logistical concerns. I also just learned for the first time today, thanks to the uh, Fox Sports coverage of the Mets State Braves game, that the 19 in COVID-19 is because of 2019. I had no idea until today. Small pharma mentality there, Chase. That's small pharma. Or does it just make me ignorant? I would rather be not ignorant, uneducated. (laughs) Aren't those two interchangeable? 
Probably. Uh, but yeah, I'd rather know. be ignorant than small pharma. I don't know which which one would you rather be described as ignorant or uneducated? I would rather be described as well, uneducated seems like a cop out. It's like, oh, I didn't know. But um ignorant is like you're just like you don't know, you don't know anything. Uneducated it seems like there's a gap in knowledge base that you just were never given the opportunity to learn. Uh ignorant is you just don't you just missing it. You're just missing it. Yeah, that makes sense. Either way, don't call me small pharma. I'm the biggest pharma. All right, so here's so here's the question that was that was coming out of all of this. How bad of an optic? Because you know we love to talk about how life is about optics. How bad of an optic would it be if they do find concrete evidence that the Cardinals basically got coronavirus because a couple players went gambling? Well, the optics for what? From the public, bad. Uh, but from I'll even go a step. I'll even go a step further, Bryce, and say the optics in the clubhouse too. That the this is like the classic, the actions of some ruining it for everybody else type of thing. Yeah, and that's and that I mean, look, that when we you can you can vouch this when your accounts are at a summer camp. The one thing that always works with kids, this is probably the most effective way to deal with kids. If you can say what you're doing is going to fuck it up for the rest of them, then they'll stop because nobody wants to be that guy that ruins it for the group. Right? Yeah. But that is one of the most successful things. I start. I used to get crazy towards the end of my tenure over there, uh, where I would do things like, if one of you guys, like, fucking, if, if one more person stands up on the bus, somebody else isn't getting holy cow. <laughs> so then someone would stand up, and then just some other kid wouldn't get holy cow. Yeah, it's like the classic basketball coach move. Like, if you screw up again, the rest of the team's doing suicides, and you're going to just sit there and watch. And then they kick the crap out of that kid. Exactly. Um, so if you're the Cardinals players that went to the casino, the rest of the team's going to beat the shit out of you. And not rightfully so, but... No, rightfully so. Well, I, I, I can't condone violence, Chase. That's not it's fucking thing. 2020. You know how many online betting websites there are? Figure it out. You make millions of dollars a year. Well, Chase, and there's something special about being in the casino. I remember back in my prime, it was... I, oh my God! Bring especially, me especially those overseas casinos where you got to get the uh, you got to yeah. get the membership cards and you're a little wackadoozled when they take your picture and everyone goes. <laughs> and then maybe oh that's just God. us though. Send me back. I like you know what? I'm starting to. I'm having a bit of a relapse. A live on air relapse. I need to go back to the casino. I miss it so bad. I miss it so bad. Send Can I just get you to a casino? Do we have to go back to the casino in Amsterdam? Oh my God, do we have to go back? I need, look, on places to visit, I need to go to Brazil because I need to see what's up down there. I have some idea, but I need to- I feel to like you could write that off as a work trip. Don't you do a bunch of stuff with, uh, with Brazil? I'm doing a Brazil project. Trish Wayne and I are going to be spending our, the rest of our week doing some research on Brazil. Shameless plug, use hand sanitizer. Hey, it's never the wrong idea. Meanwhile, I, speaking of hand sanitizer, used like a three-year-old hand sanitizer the other day that I got from the WWE headquarters of all places, and it just smelled like straight booze on my hands. It was awesome. 
Yeah, that happens sometimes. Good. You go, oh, let's go fight the world. <laughs> I need. I smell some dang hand sanitizer right now. I was getting pizza. What were we talking about before we got on Cardinals, Cardinals should be in casino. You see, if you want this season to work, I think the season's going to work. Or I think that I don't think Manfred's pulling the plug on the season at all. Because baseball's already basically, they've already gone the fuck it route. They've already said, fuck it, we're doing it. The only thing that could happen to postpone or delay or cancel the season is team to team transmission of the virus. And until there's concrete evidence of that, the MLB is going to plow ahead. And if certain teams have to miss a week, so be it. Hey, quick Corona aside, Gio Urshela just hit his third homer of the year, a three-run homer for the Yanks. Is Miggy on the hard just fucked? Yeah, best defender, best defensive third baseman in the, uh, in the AL has got some pop. I, one thing I will give A-Rod props for is when he said last night, and if anybody's an expert on suspensions, it's me. Yeah, A-Rod keeps making these, like, very uncomfortable uh, references to his, to his uh, drug suspension. I don't think A-Rod's a relative. I, I did a whole paper. I can, do you want to hear my I – a, I wrote a paper on A-Rod suspension on 162. Um, I can send it over to you. It's like pretty good. It says why he shouldn't have been suspended at all. But he, I guess, to thoroughly go through the MLB uh, player, MLB, MLBPA, CBA agreement, uh, they're pretty much uh, concrete definitions on what constitutes a suspendable act. What Arod did didn't qualify for any of that. Uh, I think that was the, the premise of my paper. And then it seemed like the number that was made up for a suspension was completely arbitrary. And I would have to imagine that was the argument that he made. So, all right. Quick, quick going back to a previous point on the Cubs when we were giving players loves. We also don't include, uh, didn't include Nico Horner, their first-round pick who debuted last year, and Ian Happ. A lot of good young players in Chicago. It's almost like that Theo guy knows what he's doing. Uh, what, what's your email, Chase? It's uh, Modorski15 at Gmail. Are you going to send me this paper to read? I'm going to share with you. I'll give it a read. All right, other coronavirus updates. The Phillies finally received no new positive results in Sunday's round of coronavirus testing. They're playing right now against the Yanks, so it's good to see them back on the field. However, because of the tropical storm, Isaiah's, uh, which I'm actually hearing outside right now, it is about to rain fucking cats and dogs here in New York, New Jersey. Um, oh, my God. Chase, I shared it to some mystery person on my NYU network by mistake. Oh, I guess they're going to read a good paper on A-Rod. Uh, so the game – so the game tomorrow was canceled. Do you know an Alana Rachel Midorski? No. Do you know an Aaron R. Midorski? Uh, maybe. Do you or not? Do you know any Midorskis with NYU email addresses? No. Oh, well, they're in for a treat. Maybe they're the cousins I didn't know I had. It's like, how many Midorskis could be out there? That's what I'm thinking. That's always my thought process. If I come across a Midorski on Facebook, I'm like, we have to be cousins somehow. Somehow, some way. So the Phillies are finally playing again, and the reason that they were off it was all because the Marlins were gone, or the Marlins had coronavirus when they visited Citizens Bank Park. They're going to resume the season on Tuesday against the Orioles. Uh, Jeter said today it's impossible to know where the first Marlins players became infected or how the virus reached their clubhouse. Um, but again, he's just saying he thinks it's because guys were around each other, they got relaxed, and they let their guard down. That they were not running or all around the town in Atlanta. 
They did have a couple guys leave the hotel to get coffee and to get clothes, uh, but there were no guests on site. There were some rumors earlier in the week that they thought that the primary source was an inflected flight attendant on the trip from Atlanta to Philly, but a Marlin source said the team's carrier swapped that cruise after learning that one of the flight attendants had been potentially exposed to the virus. Um, they don't think it's nightlife, but again, it just seems like there were some overarching violations of the very specific safety protocol that the MLB has ruled out. But again, uh, there's so many specific rules on this thing that just aren't enforced. I mean, we've seen walk-off home runs, players get mopped. We saw the benches cleared this week, which was supposed to be a big no-no. Uh, to me, the hardest reason, the biggest reason that this every week I feel like we're going to get some kind of an outbreak is just because you can't enforce every single rule in terms of social distancing. It's impossible. No, you can't. And the MLB opted to do the season traveling around instead of the bubble. So this is what they got to deal with. Shit happens. And that's why I really think, like I said, they already said their mindset is shit happens. They're all in. Wow. So the Yankees are in a rain delay right now. And Garrett Cole, if the game ended, would get his second complete game and three starts with the Yankees. Guy's a beast, man. God, I mean, bless, I God bless what this coronavirus is doing for uh, baseball statistics. Terrible really? otherwise, though. Terrible. Chase, I, I, I think you're wrong. If I do say so. It's not good for baseball statistics. You're going to look – we looked up baseball reference pages, and I saw – oh, Whit Merrifield led the league in steals with 45. The leader in steals this year could have 10. The leader in homers could have 20. I'm going to rephrase my statement. It's going to lead to very funny baseball statistics. Good for Tim Kirchin. Oh, God, I love Tim Kirchin. So just to rehash, in the past week, the games that were postponed because of the coronavirus – uh, last Monday, you had Yates and Phillies, Orioles and Marlins get postponed. Tuesday, same two games. Wednesday, you had the Phillies and Yanks and the Orioles and Marlins, and then the Yanks played the Orioles. Same thing Thursday. Chase, wait, can I stop you? Yes. I, no, I take it back. I looked over my paper, and I thought I made a typo in the first sentence. Yes, you didn't use Grammarly.com. No, uh, I, think, I think it is PES. I think it's performance-enhancing substances. Friday, you had Cardinals and Brewers, Phillies, Blue Jays, Nats, Marlins all get postponed. Saturday, it was the same thing. Um, and then today, again, the Cardinals and Tigers. So, uh, so many postponements around baseball. And, uh, you know, it'll just be pretty interesting to see how they're going to get this whole schedule together. I think they're just going to have to base it off winning percentage. I looked further down the paper. There were other PESs, so we're good. I think, yeah, it's either got to be winning percentage or you just have to at least get teams in the same ballpark as one another. I mean, if everybody's north of 50, you're fine. But if you have one team playing 80% of the season, I mean, it really is going to cause problems. The divisions will sort themselves out, but you don't want to have teams competing for a wild card berth. The wild cards, the rain just started. It's about to, it's about to rain real hard. I hope. And it was interesting. I mean, last Friday – Manfred, and maybe the first real honest assessment we've gotten from in a while, uh, he informed Tony Clark that the league could halt this season if the problematic developments aren't turned around soon. So nice to see some candidness from Manfred for a change. Yeah, that's – and I think, like I keep saying, his 
his development would the thing is going to be team to team transmission. If every club can keep it amongst themselves and just yet to sit out the one team's games, all right, play ball. Yeah. So something you called me about and your go-to line whenever I text you about baseball is Chase. I'm at work mode. Couldn't care less about baseball. But you called me about this because you had such strong feelings. So I'm going to run through the recap of what happened as quick as possible, and that is the Dodgers-Astros game Wednesday night, the first team teams, first time the teams have met since the World Series. Uh, John Boy, shameless plug for John Boy, watch his three-and-a-half-minute YouTube video on this. It explains it way better than I'm about to in a way funnier manner. Um, but the gist of it was Dodgers are playing the Astros, and Joe Kelly, who we've seen throw out and fight Tyler Austin – uh, he broke a window with his fastball during quarantine, not known for his control, but throws gas uh, and has a 1.38 career whip, which is not great, especially for a relief pitcher. So Jose Altuve pops out. And then from there, Kelly falls behind Alex Bregman, 3-0 on pitches that missed on both sides of the strike zone. 3-0 pitch leaves Kelly head, Kelly's hand, 96 miles per hour, just over Bregman's head. Kelly lets out a yawn while the Astros' third baseman squatted to avoid getting hit. And after the game, Kelly denied any intent on the pitch, saying my accuracy isn't the best and the inside fastball wasn't his best pitch. Dusty Baker instead, uh, he said balls get away sometimes, but not that many in the big leagues. When you throw a 3-0 fastball over a guy's head, now you're ending, flirting with ending his career, which I agree with. So Michael Brantley, who, like Kelly, was not a part of the 2017 World Series, um, but was a part of the Cleveland team that lost to the Yankees in the uh, ALDS, he grounds out after Kelly throws him three straight knuckle curves. And when Kelly covers first base and Brantley's running hard to avoid the double play, Kelly left his right leg over the front of the base and Brantley's foot clipped it as he ran by, uh, which Kelly then took exception to and glared at Brantley near first base, prompting Dusty Baker who kind of has the reputation at this point as the nice grandpa around baseball to say, uh, just get on the mound, little fucker, clear enough to be heard on the TV broadcast. It is absolutely awesome what you pick up on with no fans in the crowd. Correct. But Don't give your full take yet because we're not done with the story. <laughs> All right, well, I will run to the bathroom live on air. Believe it or not, Chase, you finished the story. Two outs in the inning. Kelly starts the at-bat by throwing a breaking ball over the head of Correa, uh, who was one of the 2017 Astros who has been the most vocal during the sign-stealing fallout and also the owner of a second-inning home run over Walker Buehler that day. Uh, Correa reacted by removing his helmet, wiping his brow, and stepping back in for the next pitch. And from there, we thought we were good. With the 2-2 count, Correa was a few feet from having this all play out very differently when he laced the ball just fouled down the left field line, struck out on a poor swing after an 88-mile-per-hour curveball that dipped out of the strike zone. And Kelly, according to Baker, offered his own critique of Correa's swing as they made their way off the field yelling, nice swing, bitch, while making a pouty face that instantly became the biggest meme in sports. Benches cleared. Nobody fought. Dave Roberts got a one-game ban, which he served on Wednesday. Joe Kelly got eight games for his actions, which he appealed, uh, which for those keeping track at home was the equivalent to a 22-game ban over the course of a regular 162-game season. So Manfred, I give him credit here. He said he was going to drop the hammer of people throughout the Astros, and he did drop the hammer on Joe Kelly. Before I give my thoughts on this of why I was not for this, to be very clear, uh, let me get your opinion. You thought the suspension was even a little bit light. The very rarely seen, even more rarely executed bathroom break mid-podcast. Well done, Chase. And myself. But throwing a baseball at somebody's head is heinous. 
throwing a baseball, throwing a, an object like that right at somebody's skull, helmet or not, is incredibly dangerous. Um, as John Carlos did, he was hit in the jaw. That's a little higher up. He's hit in the eye and can't see ever again. Uh, that's a really dangerous, life-threatening thing, playing around with a baseball. Second, the um, that's, that's dangerous one. And as a retaliation thing, uh, grow up. Just balls will slip away and they'll be hit by pitches. Don't throw at the head. You don't have to hit somebody because you know – and Joe Kelly knew exactly what was happening with the Astros. The entire, everybody in and around Major League Baseball is aware that they were caught cheating. Uh, don't take it upon yourself. Don't be that guy. Because nobody really gives a shit about Joe Kelly. Well, especially, especially when you weren't even on – like, I know, sure, the Red Sox got bounced by the Dodgers that year in the playoffs, and Joe Kelly was part of that team. By the Astros. And no, they weren't. The Red Sox did lose to the Astros that year in the DS. Oh, that was it? You're right, you're right. My bad. But, again, it's like, Joe Kelly, you weren't even a part of this Dodgers team. And didn't you win a ring cheating the next year? Yeah. Uh, for all intents and purposes, that, that was the case because the Red Sox, not on the scope of the Astros, but, yeah, they did get caught stealing signs. So, Joe Kelly, know your place, man, not your scene. Second, what's more upsetting is all the outrage about anybody that tweeted or is of the mindset – no Astros players got a suspension, and now Joe Kelly gets eight games. Joe, the Astros weren't allowed to be suspended. If you want this truth, the complete undoctored truth, you have to grant immunity. That's how most of the legal system works. Uh, that's how this agreement worked. So the Astros weren't allowed to be punished. The Astros could not be punished. And if they were to be punished, uh, there wouldn't have been a story because – you can't figure this. These details aren't coming out unless these guys are granted immunity. So when you and I, so when you and I talked about this on the phone, because I, again, it is hard for me to fathom that. And I'm not saying Joe Kelly didn't deserve the suspension. I 100% agree with you. And the underlying, the underlying takeaway from all of this is what Dusty Baker said. If Joe Kelly hits him Bregman in the head with that fastball on, Bregman could be dead on the field on national television. Exactly. And it's as simple as that. And the scariest thing with retaliation culture in baseball is when you do have these guys like Joe Kelly, who to begin with don't have great control. Don't have great control and aren't particularly – and Joe Kelly does stupid shit like this. Yeah, you know, we said we said if somebody's going to do a payback, if somebody's going to do a payback, I want it to be Garrett Cole, DeGrom, Scherzer, somebody who it's going to hurt, but they're going to hit you exactly where they want to hit you. I want Greg Maddox. I mean, of course. Frank Granky is probably number one for me, honestly, right now. Bartolo. Someone's going to put it exactly where they want. Uh, but this is a classic example, and I'm the first one to admit, I, even though Joe Kelly deserved the suspension, I do conceptually struggle with the fact that, again, he got caught. He got suspended for throwing at a cheater when the cheaters themselves didn't get suspended. But it's a classic example. I said this to you on the phone of uh, sometimes you can't have your cake and eat it too, and that to me is what it comes down to. You're That's 100% right. One. Would you rather the Astros – would you rather nobody knows the Astros cheated? No, and that's what I'm saying. When it comes down to it, you were right. We don't get the investigation unless the players got immunity. At the same time, I get it. I get why players are pissed. I get why fans think it's a bit of a farce. Um, but when push comes to shove, you do have to look at this somewhat independently and realize regardless of the Astros' suspension, Joe Kelly could have killed the guy on the field 
at a minimum eight games. I, it seems heavy, but again, if that fastball hits Bregman, who knows what happens? PED suspensions, PED suspensions, not altered because of the short season. So acts, suspendable acts, they're not getting proportionally decreased. You are getting nobody suspended for 80 games has that reduced uh, to 30 games. That, that's not how MLB's doing it. Suspensions are suspensions. You do X, you do X act, you get Y suspension. That's how Manfred's going to do it. And credit to him for being consistent, if nothing else. It's a lot of credit we give in Manfred today. I'm not 100% sure how I feel about this. He's doing the right thing. That's what you want. You want to be in a spot to give your, the commission of the sport credit. About goddamn time that we're in that spot. A couple of outfielders had some opt-out news this week. First came out of Milwaukee. Lorenzo Kane has opted out for the rest of the 2020 season, according to a team press release. Brewers gave him their full support. Uh, we are told that it is not due to any personal medical reason. And all that said, Kane is giving up uh, a portion of his original $16 million salary for this year. He is in year three of the five-year $80 million deal. He signed with the Brewers in 2018. I mean, Kane. Injured last year, 697 OPS, but still very strong defensively. Uh, an unquestioned leader in that locker room. That team was already a little bit thin offensively to begin with after losing Mustakas and Grandal, especially if Yelich slump prolongs a little bit. How much does losing Lorenzo Kane hurt the Brewers? Um, Former Yankee Ben Gamble is going to be his replacement for what it's worth. I have nothing but good things to say about Lorenzo Kane. He seems like everything you want in a professional athlete. So it's going to hurt. Lorenzo Cain is the guy you want your kids looking up to. He's the guy you want in your locker room. And for the last five, ten years, um, he's probably one of the five best outfielders in baseball. I don't think that's even a stretch. Lorenzo Cain, when I think of the guys who uh, became stars because of the sabermetric movement, He's got to be near or at the top of the list because because of what you just said. It was always solid 300 hitter, but stole bases, always made the great play defensively. Somehow only has one gold glove, which is a joke. I mean, you can – I feel like I'm remembering this correct. I don't remember who hit the ball. But in that game five of the World Series against the Mets, Lorenzo Cain scored from first on a single. Right? Sounds right. I mean, you have to be a smart player to do that. You have no, to I think Lorenzo Cain, when you think of the Ned Yost Royals World Series teams that took the extra base, made the aggressive play, this and that, Lorenzo Cain was the embodiment of that. So, I mean, if you want to opt out, go ahead, opt out. Um, that's fine. Like, you... So one, one guy who opted in, another veteran, is Nick Markakis. He's coming back to the Braves. Uh, originally, it was reported that if you opted out, you've been ineligible to play all season if you weren't at high risk. But MLB rules included a process for players returning from the restricted list, and that's still held provided a player applied for reinstatement before August 1st. A uh, three-person council, uh, they gave a ruling. They said he was eligible. Arcagas last year, 292, 362 on base, struck out just 139 times and 1,037 at-bats uh, over the course of his Braves career. I uh, said, sometimes in life you make rash decisions without thinking things through. At the time, I thought it was the right decision, and it still could be the right decision, but I'm going against my decision. He said decision a lot there. Uh, to me, this is just another boost for the Braves, a good veteran presence. I mean, Marcakis, we were talking about professional hitters earlier. I mean, he's a guy who's such a professional hitter that he's casually, if he had played in a full season this year, could have been on pace for 3,000 hits, uh, 
by being a one-time all-star yeah that all-star that uh that one all-star that's interesting makes this hall of fame case I, I think even if I, this sounds crazy if Marquez gets to 3,000 hits, I do think he could be the first 3,000 hit guy to have to get in via the veterans club ballot because he would be the definition of a compiler. Yeah, it's something to keep an eye on in like 20 years. But I think a good get for the Braves, another veteran bat, another veteran guy in the clubhouse. And yeah, he's got he's similar. You know who he, he's like kind of similar to uh, Lorenzo Cade in that regard. Marcakis in Baltimore in some of those early years, very similar, very strong defensively in right field, doubles machine, got absolutely shit on by the bleacher creatures in right field at Yankee Stadium. Always. But you add Marcakis now with Marcakis, Ozuna, Enciarte, Swanson, allows Austin Riley to DH a little bit more. Good Braves lineup got even deeper, which moving around to the NL East brings us to the end of Joanna Cespedes' time with the New York Metropolitans. I hope I I hope Mets fans remember that this is the main reason you have a World Series in your lifetime. Or have a World Series appearance in your lifetime. Yeah, I mean I think the past three, four years when he was getting paid what he did and hasn't really played, it's a tough pill to swallow, but I think it, it's like what Theo Epstein said when he traded Glaber Torres for a half season of a role this Chapman. Glaber's gonna be great, this and that, but at the end of the day we have the banner to show for it. I mean, their banner is a little better than the Mets banner. But still, when it's the Mets, you got to take what you can get, you know? So shortly after Sunday's loss to the Braves, Cespedes sought out a few teammates in the clubhouse. Uh, sources told The Athletic he never wanted to say goodbye, though his attentions apparently never made it up to club – or that he did want to say goodbye. Apologies. Uh, those attentions apparently never made it up to club management. He then ghosted the Mets on Sunday afternoon, leaving his agent to relay his decision to opt out of the season due to concerns to COVID-19. At 1.26 on Sunday, the game had already started. Brody Van Wagenen, the Mets GM, said, as of game time, Yohan Cespedes is not reported at the ballpark today. He did not reach out to management with any explanation for his absence. Our attempts to contact him have been unsuccessful. Uh, and again, immediately everyone was worried about Cespedes' well-being, justifiably so. They didn't do this for Matt Harvey in the past. So again, there is a precedent for how the team could have handled this. Uh, and then less than an hour later, a team source revealed the club believes Cespedes to be safe, though the club's team still didn't know where he was. Uh, and Van Wagen said, we were definitely not aware prior to the game or leading up to the game or until during the game that this was on the horizon. It was surprising without question. Uh, the team issued the first statement during the day, even without complete information on the well-being of whereabouts or, or well-being of Cespedes in an effort to, as what Van Wagen had said, be transparent without any other hidden agenda. I would say it did the opposite, though. And in the most interesting part of all of this, Brandon Nemo, the Mets outfielder, said that he and his Mets teammate heard that the agents actually informed the Mets that he was opting out before Sunday's game. But he also heard the Mets' official story and that the team was blindsided during the game and doesn't know which is true. Cespedes is leaving $4.07 million on the table, where he could have earned up to a total of $7.41 million with incentives tied to plate appearances. They're saying part of the reason he opted out was because he thought the Mets were sitting him deliberately so that he wouldn't reach his, his incentives. To me, this is quintessential Mets. It's also quintessential Cespedes. And uh, what a way to go out of New York. Seems like those two were kind of meant for each other. Yeah. Just two, two, uh, uh, for... two wild cards. I was going to use a, a word. I was going to use the word clusterfuck. I would go two clusterfucks. Also accurate. 
Accessories. What the hell? I mean, his baseball reference page has to be interesting. He was like really, really good. Even with the Mets, I, his first full year with the Mets before the injury struck, he could hit. I mean, he was like a – he had a crazy stretch where he just kept getting traded. But. So, Cespedes, yeah, he got traded 14 and 15. And 2016, he hit 31 homers, 86 rubies, 884 OPS. He got traded at the deadline twice and then in the offseason? So, he got tra- – uh, well, no, he went what? Oakland to Boston. Oakland to Boston, then Detroit that offseason, then to the Mets that deadline. Yeah, so he played for four teams in a calendar year. The first, he got who got traded for who? John Lester, and then was he part of the Boston to Detroit trade? Porcello, uh, I want to say. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, and then I don't know who the Mets ended up giving up for him. I don't remember, but I feel like they definitely won that trade. I do know who they gave up. Yeah, it was uh, it was Michael Fulmer. Maybe they. I mean, Fulmer's been struggling lately. I think it was Michael Fulmer and actually Louis Sessa before he ended up on the Yankees. Yeah, small world. Small world. All connected. So those guys all opted out. To wrap this up, a couple rule changes in baseball this week. Uh, seven inning doubleheaders are now officially in effect this year. We're going to see a bunch of them. Uh, and the Reds, the Reds earlier this week, the Reds and Tigers, they played the first scheduled 14 inning doubleheader in baseball history, two straight seven inning games. The union is also hoping to keep the 30-man rosters in effect the entire season, given how many injuries there have been. Uh, thoughts on the doubleheader and the thoughts on the roster proposal. I I think in all things considered, I'm for both, given how the season's been. It's like, uh, they're both kind of irrelevant. They're both like, they just, the baseball's making the shit up on the fly. Can I give one Cespedes comment going through his Wikipedia page? Of course. Would you believe me? I mean, you probably will now. You know Scott Casimir made the All-Star team in 2014? For the A's, right? Go figure, man. Go figure. That 2014 A's team, they – They went all in. The one time Billy Bean went all in. They blew up in their face. They got Lester, and that was when they also traded uh, Addison Russell for Samarja and Jason Hamill, right? Yes. What a – Interesting rotation that had, team had. Scotty Kazmir, man. Scotty Kaz. That was uh, Sonny Gray's first year as an ace. And, I mean, yeah, even looking at that lineup, Derek, Derek Norris, Brandon Moss, Josh Donaldson, Cespedes. What if I told you that in uh, 2014, Bryce, Coco Crisp played 126 games for the Oakland Athletics? Coco Crisp, very good. Like, sneaky good. I feel like Coco Crisp, if we make an effort, we can get him on the show. We'll, we'll get our uh, social media team on that. So I guess yeah. I'm reaching out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Coco Crisp. I did, to be honest with you, get really drunk a couple weeks ago and DM a bunch of people on Instagram to try to get him on the show, and I only heard back from one person who respectfully declined. Who? Uh, have you ever heard of the gambling expert Stu Finer? Jeez, you gotta, like, if you're that drunk, you got to like shoot higher. Well, I, I had sent to a lot of people, but Stu is just absolutely hilarious and uh, I think would have been a very entertaining guest. Well, was it, how respectful was his decline? He just said, no, thank you, but good luck this season. God bless. Go baseball. 
I said, all right, that's, that's all I could really ask for. That is true. And now Rob Manfred can finally punish players for stealing signs electronically. The big news here is that you can be suspended without pay or service time. Uh, and if three or more individuals on one team are punished for sign stealing, they will stagger the punishments so that a large swath of one team is not unavailable at the same time. The same provision exists for brawls. Uh, to me, too little, too late, but I'm glad that they finally have this. Not too little, too late, Chase. They granted these guys immunity. You seem to completely forget that legal principle. You do. Is it a lack of understanding? No, it just frustrates me. Okay. Simple as that. It just frustrates me. I know that there's no way any of it happens unless the players are granted immunity. It's just still a tough pill to swallow. That's all. Okay. All right. That's all I got. Good week of baseball. Good week coming up. Hopefully we get the full schedule in, but who knows? It seems like it's a topsy-turvy announcement every time we do a new podcast. Uh, Any concluding thoughts for this week other than uh, use hand sanitizer and don't get a COVID test in the city? Get your flu shot. Get your goddamn flu. I need to get my flu shot. I've actually taken a few years off from getting the flu shot. I used to get one every year. You're part of the problem. I agree. I used to get one every year when my asthma was really bad, and I just haven't really come around to getting one in the past few years. Part of the problem, man. You and Jim Carrey. Oh, stop watching Jim Carrey movies. He's an anti-vaxxer. Should should we cancel Michael Porter Jr. then also? Is Jim Carrey really an anti-vaxxer? God, I love Jim Carrey. He and his wife, the, uh, the chick with the big boobies. He's not married. What? Jenny McCarthy, is that who you're talking about? They're not married. Since when? She's married to one of the Wahlbergs. The what? So, so how did you know I was talking about her? Because they were together for a long time. Well, she's also an anti-vaxxer. You know who Jim Carrey was married to uh, in Dumb and Dumber? He was married to Mary in real life. Mary. Oh, my God. Is that too much for the brain to process? <laughs> like, I, I can't even I, – I've seen – I have supported – I've seen the movie. I can comment. Uh, get your flu shot, obviously, first and foremost. Second, don't watch Dumb and Dumber. Supporting, supporting an evil, supporting a great evil to our society. I'm going to bite my tongue on this one. I'm all for vaccines, but I also love Jim Carrey. Uh, so pick a lane, Chase. Pick a lane. So before I say anything that's going to piss you or anybody else off, I'm going to wrap it up with Bryce Holden. My name is Chase Fedorsky, and this is the Underdog Sports Baseball Show.